Hi, you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Ariel Nissenblatt. Ariel is a community manager at Squadcast, a really exciting podcast recording software. In this episode, we talk about podcast discovery, ways for people to get involved in the industry, and what the future of podcasts look like. In this episode, I ask Ariel to look into her crystal ball and talk about what the future of podcasting looks like. And because I can't help myself, I'm going to do the same right now. If you're following the industry, podcasting is simultaneously consolidating and becoming more fragmented. What do I mean by this? Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and Pandora are making bets around original and exclusive content. Increasingly, they're looking at subscription models to support those strategies. This is consolidation. But Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse represent channel-specific audio experiences. Why are the incumbent social networks investing in audio? Is it because podcasts are great? Sure, yes, that's a reason. But really, it's because podcasts are 20, 30, 40 minutes long, and those platforms care about time spent on platform. The longer that you spend on their channel, the more money they make. Want a great way to have someone spend 30 minutes in your app? Serve them a podcast. And you can bet that Medium, Quora, and all these other channels will start meaningfully leveraging audio in the future. But there's something else happening which is that businesses are using audio as a format for employee engagement and targeted stakeholder engagement, and they don't have the tools to meaningfully manage, distribute, and analyze their audio. If you're a business and you're posting internal audio to your intranet as an MP3, you're incurring significant security and privacy risk because that content can be downloaded and repurposed by a bad actor. You also don't get any listener insights on that content. Private podcasting apps require employees to download a walled garden third-party app to access company content. It's fine if you have a small team, but are your employees really going to download and use that app? Finally, private RSS feeds work until you realize that Spotify doesn't support private RSS. Also, would you publish your internal video content as an unlisted YouTube? No way, right? You'd probably get fired if you did that. Treat your audio as the first-class medium that it is. Venly is an audio platform for businesses. Venly allows you to seamlessly manage and distribute your audio content directly to your existing channels of communication. Are you a Slack culture? SharePoint, Notion, Asana. Share your content there with privacy, security, and analytics that you can actually make sense of. Interested in how audio can play a role in how you engage business stakeholders? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian at venly.co. And now, the excellent Ariel Nissenblatt. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Brian. How are you? Ariel Nissenblatt is the community manager at Squadcast.fm, a remote podcast and video recording platform. She's the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective, a podcast recommendation newsletter and podcast. Ariel is also the co-founder of the Outlier Podcast Festival Series. She's a graduate of the Salt Institute of Documentary Studies and loves all things audio. Thanks again for being with me. I'm very happy to be here. Okay, so let's sort of like dig into the most pressing question here. We are recording this episode using Squadcast. So far, so great. My other interviews have been done on Zoom and really for two reasons. Number one, I already pay for Zoom. And number two, everyone that I'm interviewing knows how to use Zoom. Right. So the barrier to get a guest on is that much lower because of the familiarity. I imagine that many of Squadcast customers already pay for something like Zoom, which works pretty well for audio capture. What's the pitch for procuring Squadcast? Why should someone trial it when they already pay for another solution that works pretty well? Yeah. 
That is a question that we are tackling very often. We actually did a webinar on this exact topic a few months ago. So Zoom was a product that was created to help people connect, not necessarily to help people record high quality audio. Squadcast was a product that was built to help people capture high quality audio and video. And also you can connect with people on it. So we believe that podcasters who are very serious about their, their craft should be using something that's dedicated that was built for them. So that, that's, that's my, my quick pitch for Squadcast. I also think it's just a really fun experience. You know, you don't have to download a service. So if you have an interview with somebody who has not used it before, all you have to do is send them a link and they log on. They don't even log on. They join you on that link and you press record like we're doing right now. And then afterwards you have the files ready for you to go. And those files are separated out into ISO tracks, and that's a really great thing. And you can mix them right there on Squadcast if you like. So it just makes it a lot easier. I've been using Squadcast for way longer than I've been working at Squadcast, if that's any consolation. <laughs> it's a wonderful uh, testimonial for sure. Lots of people love podcasting, but the thing that I really admire about you is you are a true champion of the space. Can you talk a little bit about Earbuds Podcast Collective? How did that come to be? What is the gist behind the newsletter and the podcast? My first job out of college, I worked at a Jewish nonprofit in Mississippi. Did you know this, Brian? I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, really unique job. Um, and for it, I would travel to different synagogues throughout the South and um, do like leadership. Some of these synagogues did not have rabbinic leadership. This is kind of besides the point, but kind of makes me who I am. And while we were traveling to these places, it was long drives. So I that's when I first started listening to podcasts. And I wasn't thinking about them in any critical way. But then I moved to Los Angeles and was stuck in traffic all the time and was continuing to listen to podcasts, but had the same five or six podcasts that I was listening to. And I thought, you know, my mind is being blown by these podcasts every few days. But how do I make that happen more often? I think I can optimize this. I want to listen to more. I know that I can get smarter from podcasts. I know that I can expand my vocabulary, expand my exposure to different people and different stories. How do I do that? So I thought if I have my five favorite podcasts, you have your five favorite podcasts. My friend Bethany has her five favorite podcasts. The list goes on and on. We can go on forever. How can I find a way to listen to those podcasts? And so I decided, let me start a newsletter where each week is curated by a different person and anyone anywhere throughout the world, no matter what their occupation is, no matter who they are, can curate a list. And so I created an intake form and people submit their podcasts. And that's how the newsletter started. So there's so much enthusiasm when someone launches a podcast. And then six weeks later, it all fizzles because nobody is listening. So what you're solving for with Earbuds Podcast Collective, I think in some part is word of mouth discovery, right? And that's a big part of how shows can grow. But there are a lot of factors that play a role in whether or not a show is successful. What is your advice to podcasters that maybe don't get a lot of listeners that are feeling a little worn out by the process? They got all excited. They have a business case maybe for creating it or it's a hobby for them. How do they continue to push through the noise? Because when everyone is submitting their five favorite podcasts on your newsletter, like there's only so many hours in the day to listen, mm -hmm. even if we commit ourselves entirely to listening to podcasts. And, and I do. <laughs> and I've listened to so many different podcasts and indie podcasts, big podcasts all over the place. Um, yeah, I think it really depends what your goals are. I think if you are ready to 
stick around for the long haul, you can see success. I was just listening to an episode of Between Two Mics, which is Squadcast podcast. That's going to come out next Tuesday um, with Damona Hoffman, who is amazing. She has this podcast called Dates and Mates, and she has been podcasting for eight years. And now her podcast is big, but when it started, it was not. It was small. And she's really used that podcast as a way to create a media career for herself. She is a dating expert and she appears on different segments on local and national news. She's on the Drew Barrymore show. This is all from her podcast. And it's not necessarily that her podcast is incredibly successful. You haven't heard of Dates and Mates per se, but she's amazing. And you will see her on local and national TV. And that's super cool. So it depends what your goals are. You know, are you using your podcast to prop up another part of your business or maybe your personal brand? Or do you want your podcast itself to make to make you money? Both are possible, but you really need to be willing to stick in it for the long haul and not expect immediate success within six months, six episodes. Yeah, so what is the difference between creating and marketing a business-related podcast and something that's more hobby or entertainment-based? Yeah, so... At Squadcast, we kind of see both use cases. We see people with podcast names like Three Dudes in the City, you know, where people just get together and they chat. And then we see podcasts like Business Leaders of Austin, where people of Austin get together and talk about business. Um, These were completely made up, but shout out if those are your podcasts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I would say the difference is if you have a podcast about business leaders in Austin, you have a pretty easy way to sell that podcast. You know, people who are interested in the Austin tech business startup scene are going to be interested in listening to your show, maybe even sponsoring your show. So I think, you know, some easy wins for you right there, contacting the Texas uh, Chamber of Commerce, contacting the Austin startup scene, contacting business leaders there, asking them to talk about your show, asking them to come on to your show, all that kind of stuff. If you have a podcast where you're chatting with your buds, I don't think you can expect the mass audience appeal unless you are hilarious and just really talking about poignant things. But the difference is in Austin, you're you're going to have a pointed user slash listener base, whereas with three guys in the city, maybe you'll get your friends to listen. Maybe you'll get some other people who are interested in your banter, but I don't think you can expect to, to reach mass appeal. What is Outlier Podcast Festival? There are a bunch of podcast-specific conferences and events around the world. What is this one that you're the co-founder of? How is it different from some of the other events that are out there? What are ways that people who are looking to get into the podcasting might be able to get involved? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of ways to get involved with Outlier. So the way I got involved with Outlier is that in 2018, I was still relatively new to the podcast space about a year in. And I wanted to keep up with everything that was going on. So I saw that there was this thing called Outlier Podcast Festival. I was living in LA at the time. It was in St. George, Utah, which is kind of the gateway to Zion National Park. And I contacted the the founder, the, the organizer of it, and I said, hey, I noticed you have only white men on your ticket. Um, can I speak and can I come? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't you moderate this panel? Why don't you come? And why don't afterwards we talk about a larger partnership between us? And I was like, okay, great. Sounds good. So I went to Zion. We had a great time. And then we've been working together ever since. And what Outlier is, is we try to curate conferences that combine local indie talent 
of the cities that we're in and then larger national talent. So we just had a conference and we had people like Steve Olsher who runs Pod Club, which is the biggest podcast club on Clubhouse. It has 60,000 people, something like that. Um, we had people, the people behind um, my favorite, no, we had the people behind A Very Fatal Murder, the Onion podcast that was hilarious that came out a few years ago. But then we also had podcasters who have podcasts like Three Dudes in the City, and they're talking about their experiences and what is unique to them and how that can translate to a larger audience. So we really try to balance the two of those large big podcasts with smaller ones. Everybody has something to share. Everybody has a lesson that can be translated to podcasters who are tuning in. So I think that's what makes Outlier different and special is that if you pitch us, we're probably going to let you speak there. <laughs> very exclusive, a very premium experience. Yeah. Just ask, right? Just, Just ask. Make your pitch good. Respect, respect the hustle, all that. What do people get out of the experience though? Right. And so there's podcast movement. There's like other type of experiences. How is how is this different within this growing ecosystem of podcaster based events? Yeah, well, I think the biggest differentiator is that Outlier is usually free or very low cost um, and sometimes subsidized by Podchaser and other companies like that. Outlier really tries to give you tangible take homes. So we also really try to give you a unique experience. Like a few years ago, we had a panel called the anti-panel panel. So Ever, who's the organizer, he really lets me explore. He really lets me just try out new things when it comes to podcast conferences. Because yeah, I think um, podcast movement is amazing. I have an incredible time when I go there. It's like summer camp for me. But um, it's not a small indie, uh, it's not a small indie experience. It's a uh, it's a bit, it's like going to, it's like going to summer camp. It's like going to festival, you know? Um, and sometimes we crave these kind of smaller moments where we chat with somebody, with someone and we go out to lunch with them during the conference and then we hang out with them and then we make a new best friend. And I think that's what Outlier is all about. <laughs> Let's look into your crystal ball a little bit. Podcasting has grown exponentially over the last few years. There's Clubhouse now, right? The incumbent social networks are getting into social audio, Twitter spaces, for example. What is the future of podcasting when we project out years 2023 what do you see happening who are the players what are the distribution points if i'm a content creator what are the implications yeah i think spotify continues to grow i think spotify continues to make some acquisitions i think sirius xm also continues to make some acquisitions i think google has tremendous possibility in the podcast space and i do want to see them make a bigger splash and um, use their search capabilities to help with discovery and discoverability. I also think we're gonna have a lot of fun when it comes to experimental podcast technology like geolocation. Like I wanna see city tour podcasts where I trigger a new voice or a new anecdote about history when I reach a certain intersection. And I know that that's possible with dynamic dynamic technology and also geolocation. So I really want to see us explore, explore and experiment. And also, I'd love to see more podcasts that are instructive, um, yoga podcasts, you know, ones that you can follow along with, sort of like a YouTube video, but for your ears. Let's continue having more things like that. Um, and I think people who are looking to get into the space need to continue innovating, need to continue looking into what could potentially throw somebody off a little bit, make them think. Have it be more of a of an active experience as a listener. 
Um, even if your podcast is something like this, even if your podcast is a chat podcast where you're talking about marketing, you know, your podcast is unique because you're doing quick bites of what what potential, what people interested in marketing can take away. And I think that keeps it unique, but that needs to keep happening all over the place. No longer can you get away with just a chat show where it's uh, two people going back and forth and there's there's not not a lot of takeaways. It's got to have a takeaway. So I, I think what's interesting here about what you're describing is consolidation at the top. Spotify, SiriusXM con- continuing to buy tech, buy exclusive content. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen subscription-based audio content, right? Really get powered through Apple, through Spotify. The business of podcasting, ad-supported, subscription-based, exclusive, distributed. Like if you were to start a, a podcast content company today that was trying to make money, like how would you angle yourself in this future that we're uh, experiencing right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. It, it, there are a lot of unknowns right now. I think the future is going to look like a combination of ad supported, ad supported, subscription supported, and then podcasts that are just making money potentially through avenues like Podcorn or not making money at all. Um, I think that the average podcaster needs to understand that getting into the space right now is not going to mean making it big onto the Apple charts. It's not a given. No, gone are the days where you can start a podcast in your basement with some buds, and even though you're hilarious, you know, make it up the charts. I think it, it unfortunately, those days have passed. I, I mean, there are still obviously going to be some outliers that do make it all the way through, but it is really hard. The algorithms are not, are not there anymore. There are too many people in the space. And I think because of that, that's where you're, you got to really stand out. So even if it means like, having a strange angle, like we record while hanging upside down, you know, we're, 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 we're any, and people don't even need to believe you, but that's what you say. Hey, this is the, this is the drip where we record every podcast on our heads because we like to turn the market on its head, you know, something like that. Like just, you gotta be weird. <laughs> You're a natural tagline writer. I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. So Staying on the theme a little bit, though, with dynamic ad insertion, right, which is a way to integrate ads into library content or maybe even geo-targeted. So is it now like if I'm a travel brand and I create a piece of content about like being in New York and with geo-targeting, I can create that type of content so that someone in New York can now listen to this guided tour. Is that what you're describing as sort of like a future opportunity? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the idea there is like, I've gone on a few audio tours that have this technology, but I'd like to see it in my podcast feed, whether that's by subscription or, or free. Maybe it, maybe it is subscri- uh, subscription-based to, for a number of months, and then it becomes free. Uh, but yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to see, like, turn to your left or turn to your right, depending on where you're standing. And obviously, that's very specific, but the technology is there, or it will be soon. So for those who want to stay up to date on your work, who want to learn more about Squadcast and the Earbuds Podcast Collective and the Outlier Conference, what are some of the ways that people can follow up and stay up to date on on your uh, your incredible work in the category? Yeah, I was reading an article today about how there's a certain group of millennials who are, quote, always online. And that's me. So you can pretty much just Google my name and find me on social media. And I will probably respond within a half hour, which is for better or for worse, I'll be there. (laughs) 
Ariel this and that on most social platforms uh, because my last name is Nissenblatt and it rhymes with that. Got to do the branding, you know? This is a, a podcast about marketing and communication. So. <laughs> Ariel, thank you so much for your time. Your wisdom today it means a great deal to me. Thank you for having me, Brian. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>